Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girlbomb. Girlbomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self-care. So to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. The Around the NFL podcast is subletting Mark's Fantasy Corner. <laughs> From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Greg Rosenthal here. Mark Sessler. Mark's on retainer for his fantasy services. Uh, he you know, he pops in in August and pops back out. So we can sublet the place. Yeah, this it's is not t- necessary. This is the yeah. off-season time to sublet that real piece of real estate. It's a time to invest in the corner, I feel like. It's, it's, it's about to, uh, what's the word? Gentrify? Gentrify, yeah. Appreciate the value. Um, Mark, (laughs) keep it real on your corner. Don't let the real estate fat cats come in and turn it into what it's not. I mean, people that typically live in that situation have no zero power over the fat cats. They come in and just change the neighborhood, and you either get out and they try to force you out, or you stand your ground. You never leave. Stand your ground. You got weapons. We we work in a part of town like that right now in Inglewood. We do, but also We could dig into that deeper if we'd like to. Yeah, we can. Yeah. it's Super Bowl week. How about that? Super Bowl. Give me a little horn, Grave Digger. All right, I'll take that too. It is Super Bowl week. Super Bowl 57 will be played on Sunday. There it is. Chiefs. Eagles. And we got a huge, huge, huge week coming up. This is where right now, yes, in Inglewood at the NFL Network headquarters. One more show here. We hop on. We got to catch a bird. Catch a bird to Phoenix, uh, get to Phoenix tomorrow, and then we have two great shows from Radio Row with a ton of ton of great guests uh, from across the uh, pro football spectrum and beyond. Uh, then, of course, the flagship show Sunday night. Um, and one other plug here, Greg. Our 10th Super Bowl tenth Super recap Bowl. from, uh, well, not always all from the stadium. I guess last year we were here and in the Tampa Super Bowl we were not at because of COVID. But 10 is special. 10 it's either way. It's a nice special. number. Yeah. It's a ni- like the uh, Roman numerals X. As we soar toward our 20th, 10 years from now. Um, and by the way, uh, for people that 
want more of the heroes. We were on bench with Benetta uh, in her most recent episode. Did a whole like uh, game show, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So check that out. And also, we did a Q and A uh, with uh, the the fans of the show um, via Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. We took a bunch of questions, and our Q and A is available to watch now exclusively on NFL Plus. Head to plus.nfl.com and sign up for a seven day free trial. Check it out. Uh, you'll enjoy the Q and A, people. Uh, but you might enjoy the other stuff on uh, NFL Plus. Maybe hang around beyond seven days. But hey, that's your call. We we enjoyed it as much as we thought we would, and more. But also, I thought that Greg, especially, um, he shone bright during that NFL well, Plus. Thrived. I don't yeah, even I know that what lot. that means. Um, that no, would have been were... true about the bench with Benetta performance. NFL Plus, I felt like I was just uh, I was just fitting in there. But I think we're going to do more of these uh, Q and A's in the off season on NFL. Yes, Plus. very fun. Looking forward to that. Um, we're going to get into the news. We're going to get caught up on some things before we get on the bird. There was a guy that we worked with at NFL Media years ago. Really nice guy. Very nice. Um, had been in the business a long time. Uh, kind of a middle-aged dude. And this is when we were all younger. Um, Mark, not as young as Greg and I, but he was younger as well. Um, and uh, he would come to the newsroom. Just a terrific fella. Mm-hmm. Just a really super nice guy. But he also wanted to, you know, be hip to the kids of today. So after he would come in for a, a week to work on whatever project he was working on. And then, uh, Greg, I'll throw it to you on this one. At the end, it might have been the last time we ever saw him, actually. Um, or maybe it wasn't, but it doesn't really matter. Cause Don't that's throw how, it to me. I, I flatten it out now, and that's how I remember it. Uh, Mark, I'll throw it to you then. Uh, as he packed up his his little briefcase and, and pulled over his jacket and stood up to to get ready to leave the office for the final time, he said what to us? He said, fellas, i got to go catch a bird. <laughs> he also would put on sunglasses. Yeah, he had sunglasses yeah, on. I guess I could have handled that. I didn't yeah. know if you were going for more details. He's like, fellas, got to catch a bird. He, <laughs> Wearing yeah. the sunglasses. That stuck with us for some I, I think also that was part of his daily, that was his common lexicon. I don't think he was just trying to be cool to us, but he was from Vegas. I think Vegas. it was a little He's Steve like, Buscemi with the skateboard meme. I think it came off that, that way a little yeah. bit, but... It doesn't change the fact that he was very nice, as you pointed Terrific out. Terrific fellow. Yeah. Um, probably a great dad. Um, oh, yeah. So we're going to get caught up on news. We're going to talk a little bit um, big picture Super Bowl, but we're not really going to dive in uh, until later in the week. We're going to do our, like, hardcore Greggy Super Bowl preview earlier this year. We're going to put that out on Wednesday, which is nice. Give mm-hmm. people a nice little run, a runway for that show. And then we'll have some uh, guests uh, in the last two shows from Radio Row in Arizona, somewhere in Arizona. I assume it's at a convention center. Phoenix Convention Center. Yeah, right, right in the heart of downtown Phoenix. It is the Arizona Super Bowl. Yes, get that right. Yeah. We've gotten a couple of missives internally. Don't call it anything else but the Arizona Super Bowl. I like personally, uh, you'll like this one, Gravedigger, because it's where you grew up. When we were told this is the North Texas Super Bowl. There's, of course, also the New York, New Jersey Super Bowl with the yeah. slash, which is always a little bit clumsy, but uh, uh, civics, you know, there's some. Everybody wants a piece of that Super well, it's Bowl. It's very IP. inclusive. It's, nice. it's good that way. <clears throat> All right. Did I cover everything? Well, we'll also know. talk a little uh, about what we did over the weekend. That's what I wanted show, to get right? to next, Greggy. Uh, now that I've set the table before we catch the bird, uh, this past weekend was uh, crazy. Still tragically, two years uh, since we lost Chris Wessling. Um, and uh, Lakeisha came in on a bird herself from St. Louis. And we had a really nice celebration 
uh, of Wes this weekend, uh, getting together all the people that knew him well, uh, still with the company, um, and either even some people who are no longer with the company but knew Chris and loved Chris, and and uh, we had a almost uh, it was almost like a Chris Wesley pub crawl on Friday, which was nice, uh, and then uh, Saturday I know you got together with Lakeisha Mark yeah, and, later and in the day. Greg and your wife had a nice dinner. Uh, and then on Sunday, I actually transported Lakeisha to the Greg dinner, but <laughs> oh, I, did I didn't you? feel welcome or necessarily that I would Yikes. be. Su- I would have been surprising Greg. I, 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 I think that would have been good. Well, no, I, no, I just I showed up to a dinner this. where I wasn't like it was like I wanted that to stay as it was. <laughs> and then Sunday we had a nice brunch in Manhattan <laughs> Beach with uh, Gonzo and and Connie and and my boys and Emily. It was uh, just a great way to celebrate the man with Lakeisha, who all of us have an incredible amount of affection for. Yeah, I mean, I think that the thing for us, because Corona got in the way of a lot of time with Wes, and then everything happened as, as it did. And we, oh, when I think whenever we try to get together as a group, it is always Wes-centric. But this, this obviously stands out and stood out as something completely different. I mean, we went... Dan did a great job of like coming up with a lineup of a schedule for Friday. Even with all the Rosenthal pushback, there was, there was, well, like, there was oh, a Wes little... wouldn't like to just stay at one place. That's that. more his style. That, like, was uh... one, that was one comment, and we were already, let's <laughs> but, say, a few hours into the day. And yeah. It's just a loose comment. It's like, oh my and God, he's being like, contrarian about no, this? It's just like, well, <laughs> like a, a West day would have been lack of planning, but we, you need the Dan to get the planning done to get us from place it, to place, actually, or else the, we would have just been at the Whaler for seven hours. Right, the planning, the planning. You're gave it this right. great structure, and um, I think that Wes would have gotten a great kick out of you two getting into it about Greg trying <laughs> to change not the, into to it. deconstruct I, the I structure said sort of, of it. one offhanded comment meant to be nothing. Like, oh, Dan, Dan really drove we, we went to one place, um, Tony P's, uh, in Marina Del Rey, where Wes, I think often not so much with us. There were events for him, but that was sort of his place to go mm-hmm. on his own a lot because it was close to where he was living at the time. And we walked in and like all the bartenders, um, one of them that we've known has been friends with, with Wes for a while. The minute they saw Lakeisha, the minute they saw us, they just lined up. It was like Norm from Cheers. Yeah, That's it was what just Wes like, was They knew that exactly yeah. what it was for. And like, I think it was that vibe. Everywhere we went, there was someone that seemed to remember Wes, um, knew why we were there. And like the day just was in a perfectly way infused with all these memories of him because it was, we really, like, we didn't pick anything on the fringe. These were deep, dyed-in-the-wool Wes hangouts. And that is, like, the best way I think you could possibly honor him because that was him at his peak Wes, was bringing all sorts of people together. Not like we aren't friends, but he would be bringing different groups of friends together and putting them all in a stew and jumping around the town and drinking in the daytime, like there's nothing you could possibly do to channel the spirit of Wes. And there's a lot of laughs and us just having fun, get a, a chance for us to be together. There's some tears, certainly uh, at times talking about stuff. It, it's all unfair, everything that that happened. And it's like everything. And that was Wes. Like there's deep conversations and there was like the dumbest conversations possible. And that was Wes. He, he, navigated that sort of whole spectrum of like what it was like to be a human. So I, I did feel like we, we did him justice uh, and it was beautiful and it is heavy too. There is something I would have never known cause I've never lost someone uh, like, like this close to us um, that the anniversary of his, his death his passing 
is a is a real you know it is something there is something to it there's a, a heaviness and just uh, your thought goes to him and I know that's especially true for Keisha but it's true for all of us too that it, it really is a thing and it's always going to be at this time in that week now between mm-hmm. um, the Super Bowl so it's going to be everything wrapped up together with, with Wes and I was happy we could we could do that. It was great. And for those, because we have a lot of listeners that will come to Southern California and, and then they'll ask, oh, you know, they'll snap a photo at a place we've mentioned. If you do come to Southern California and you're a big fan and you love Wes, if you want to do the uh, Chris Wessling uh, bar crawl, I'll tell you where to go. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hanano's, which is a legendary um, kind of day drinking bar itself with some of the best uh Burgers you'll have just right on the griddle there. Awesome place. That's in Venice. Burgers is the key there. That's the place to eat. Start yeah. there. You start because you can get food. You drink. It's a day bar. People go at night, but it's yeah. a day bar. You go there. You start your day with a nice burger, cheeseburger, whatever you want. Greggy and I got some bacon on it, and they put the the, the they make the. I saw them do it on the grill, Greggy. Oh yeah. They put it in a circular form the bacon so that it sits on the patty like the way it comes out I always, throw get it on the bacon. I always get the bacon anyway Hanano <laughs> then you go across the street to the whaler and the whaler is great because they have a, a rooftop that is literally overlooking the Pacific Ocean and what a gorgeous body of water Mark that is it it, it shimmers and uh, Wes would sit there by the overlooking window um, with like a stack of books on his own in beer and just outlining books with his outliner. He I mean, was walking about, distance in his, yeah. in his second, actually a few of his apartments uh, to there. So he spent a lot of time. So this goes <laughs> west to east. So that's in Venice. Uh, and then you go to Marina Del Rey and you hit up Tony P's and that's like the West Norm Bar. And that's a really cool place with a lot of really nice people. Good place to watch sports. Good sports yep. bar. Very good. And then you keep going east to Culver City where we all really got to know each other. Um uh, where the old NFL Network offices were, and you go to Rocco's where they got the two-for-one special, and that's where you start to get banged up. Although the Irish car bomb that we did at Tony P's was untoward. Whoever greenlit that, I think it was Gonzalez. Um, that was a point of departure. That was when the button was hit. It was yeah. like, all right, someone else is taking over. You hit Rocco's, then, of course, <laughs> there's only one place to close it, the Cozy, also in Culver City, uh, where we had so many, so many great days and nights, let's face it, uh, the Cozy. I have to thank Jet, Erica's um, significant other, for rescuing Eric and I at the Cozy and getting because they're like they're, we were doing group photos at all these sto- all these spots. Right. And, you know, this, the first couple were great. Everyone's got their arms around each other. They look fresh and sunlit. And as the day goes on, you know, people start to disappear from group photos. Right. Like they just I, you know I just noticed the next day the eyes like, yeah. are starting to, to yeah. droop and and glaze over. Um, anyway, and, and we saw like I love it's such a make you feel local thing is we saw. The bartender, our bartender friend from Tony P's, act the cozy. Yeah, it's just like that's Yeah, that's he rolled on over. This is awesome. Um, all right, long live Chris Wessling. Um, a great man. All right, let's get into. Hey, it is Super Bowl week. Let's share as we get into things. What's an unpopular Super Bowl hot take that you have? I'm mm. going to start here. Mm-hmm. Um, I love tradition. I love. I love the idea of. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl and, you know, no, being able to know, for instance, oh, what hurts Greg more than anything, 42 and 46. Like, we know. That's the, the yeah. Giants wins over the Patriots. Tough to swallow mountaintops. W- um, you know, one, one of the greatest. Ooh, always feels good to hurt your friends. One of the greatest uh, losses of all time, 18-0, uh, and 0, those Patriots were. And then, of course, the Giselle, oh, Tom can't throw the ball and catch it too game with, um, <clears throat> with Wes Welker. 
That one hurt way more. You never believe me on that. And so did the Broncos conference championship. The 11, 12, 13. That was actually the, the most pain. Mm. It was right there. Mm. Must be hard. Um, uh, but I want to say it's time to move away from the Roman Roman numerals. It's it's time. Keep Obviously, keep the – I don't want it to be Super Bowl 2024 or whatever. But at, at a certain point, the Roman numerals have gotten clunky. Uh, right now, we are at 57, so it's LV – uh, one one. Yeah, just I just, like, you lose me entirely. What, what, yeah. are we, what are we doing at this right. point? It's like, oh, maybe things will get better when we get to sixty. Then it's LX, LX one, LX. It's just maybe it's we did, I, not not. Oh, one. I'm sorry, I. And it's like at a certain point, like when they did Super Bowl fifty, they were like, oh, it's the fiftieth anniversary. We went with the number. Let's just transition at this point. Well, so when they went fifty, <laughs> it was the perfect. Oh, that's your take. Yeah, be, that's your, a perfect be, be the change that you want. We're we're now thought leaders, so we can lead yeah, this charge. That's an Let's unpopular Super Bowl take. So I think most people will be like, "Oh no, shut up." No, I'm with you. I, agree. I don't think most you're people. You're a disruptor. Would. You're you're so innovative, but you know we're not going to go along with you on this. I think Roman numerals have <laughs> faded from like common out the things we use commonly. I mean, right. even as kids, also the Super Bowl was like it was kind of cool. It was like Super Bowl 23, 24, 25. It's like I can roll with that because I, we were we were sort of taught that in school to some degree. I'm not even sure it's taught in school. It was like in fifth grade yeah. in 1988 people were taught that. I don't even know if that's happening anymore. Well, I was like better at Ro- if you were a football fan and you were young, you were better than your friends at Roman numerals because you had some experience. What is the point now? And when it when it got to 50, it was this perfect transition point. So when we were creeping towards 51, I was thinking. I hope we just. I hope yeah, some, we, they wouldn't possibly right, do. Right, some common L-I. sense would drip in here, and then it's we're back to these. L I. Right. What do we care about Rome? By the way, let's start there. But that's a whole different subject. But so for the what do we care about Rome podcast? Yeah. it just made it seem like grandiose or whatever the word. It yeah, did. It just made it. But seem now great. here we yeah. are, like six decades later, and maybe it's time for the transition. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like could that. not agree. How about more. you, uh, Greg? Well, mine would be to just ban all legacy talk before the game. With maybe a few exceptions for like a 35-year-old quarterback or older, maybe 33. Just like don't need to talk about legacy. You got It's very important that you set that age. Yeah. Before we move forward, is it 33 or 35? I'll, I'll, I'll give the the legacy people a little bone here and make it 33. Oh, that's good. That's it. No, we're talking about these two quarterbacks. It's like 27. Like if I saw this whole thing is like, well, if Patrick Mahomes retired today, where does he stand? Or is he already a Hall of Famer? We don't need like, to do that. Who cares? No. He's 27 years old. He's younger than Peyton Manning was when Pey- before Peyton Manning won a playoff game. He's mm. younger than Tom Brady was before Tom Brady even was a first team All Pro. Like all this stuff, where Jalen Hurts fits. What's it going to mean for Travis Kelsey's legacy? Like legacy. Maybe a little bit after the game, if you want to talk about things and put into context. Okay, fine. I, I hope no one's talking about Jalen Hurts' legacy right, right. now. Right. I just mean like, like all, this, someone is. all this stuff of like, well, will they ever be back here? Will like ahead of the game, especially talking about what it means. Just let their careers play out. It's such a team sport, too. I know that's a boring thing to point out, but it's like. Patrick Mahomes had his defense stand up for him in this AFC championship to give him uh, one more chance. If they didn't stand up, it took nothing away from what he did. The fact that they stunk in that game where Tom Brady walked the ball down the field with Rob Gronkowski to get to the Super Bowl in 2018, that didn't change Patrick Mahomes being the best quarterback in the league that year. It just that's Tom Brady outdueled him on that day. All this legacy stuff is stupid. We can be smarter. Just stop it. I think the three of us can choose to be, but yeah, I think I mean. it's we essentially you here. are trying to stop an asteroid from screaming to Earth because there's such a there's still this two week gap between 
the conference championships and the Super Bowl, that this talk just invariably bleeds up, especially when it's like stuff like CBS News or whatever, where it's mm. like they're not covering football nonstop. You know, well, I'll never forget the, the, the CP, to use a word, on our <laughs> website. Yeah, center position was that. Is what that it what was? it was? I don't know what it was. It was called the CP. Yeah. I thought it was like the the coordinated Cover pos- position. I platform. don't know. It's ac- it's so acronym that we no one even knows what it <laughs> the means. The morning of the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl, which just said, if Peyton Manning wins this game, he's the greatest quarterback ever. The debate's over. He is officially. There's no way Brady's gonna pass him in the end because that was like a conversation there at that point mm-hmm. that like his individual plus if he beats the Seahawks in this spot mm-hmm. where when they got blown out uh, that would like make him impregnable mm-hmm. it was like now you look back on this like, what a waste of time well, we like to get caught in the moment. Again, it's kind not of the fun. three of it's us. One of the but fun just, things. Of I don't sports. think it's fun. <laughs> you know, I think I, I agree with your point largely. I think when you have a true generational great like Patrick Mahomes, it is worth almost in real time. Just for me, anyway, it's like okay, so he's twenty-seven. This is his third Super Bowl. He could win his second here. Yeah. And then you like we talk about, oh, could he be the greatest ever? Are we watching that guy in the very like at the peak of his powers? But I think there are limits. Like you could, I think you talk about Travis Kelsey at this point. These guys that are really established. Like, where does he stack up? But the idea the that young guys, the idea that like Sunday necessarily, whether they win or lose, is what also things flip on. I also struggle with that. Yeah, because I hear you. Because uh, you know. can play your best and lose. Tom Brady's best Super Bowl. I I will always believe was the game they lost to the Eagles. That's oh, the when best he threw for 500 play. yards? Yeah, <laughs> right. he's like, pretty he's good at that lost. one. Yeah. He's still lost. All right, how about you, Mark? Well, mine is a little more micro about this week. And like, uh, I one thing I find happens every year is there's this deep, because um, it's like, oh, you you poor media figures have to go to Super Bowl cities and enj- figure out how to enjoy yourself and get around the berg of, of that year's choice. And I just was like, maybe let's not judge um, Super Bowl cities after having spent like 36 hours in said city, 12 or 14 or 20 of them in a hotel where you're like basically in a good mood or not based on who f- you've seen from your workplace. Like I would say particularly Phoenix, I can I can already tell we'll probably get a little bit knocked because the stadium itself is really far away. But I like Let's so give it I, to yourself, you're saying. Well, I, just like give it a chance because it's like anything else. Because Phoenix last time I was trying to, it, they all blend together. And I, that also feels like a from on high viewpoint. But when I was really thinking about our last Phoenix Super Bowl, yeah, it's not New Orleans, which I mean, you really, how can you compare with New Orleans? Like, uh, you know, Wes and I were out in the middle of Hoboken for the New York one. So that tinged my viewpoint of that Super Bowl week. You might but be it was, surprised how close Hoboken actually is. To that stadium, it's closer than like Midtown. No, but we were com- we were taking one hundred and ninety dollar cabs each day to get up to do our podcast in Manhattan. So that kind of had Wes and I in a mood, and Wes Wes's coat never got shipped to him. But anyways, like I was thinking about Phoenix in general. Like since we were last there, they've completely redone the downtown. And for instance, Ooh, where a lot of people are this. staying, hey. plus, there is <laughs> a t- in Phoenix. No, right there's now? a ton of stuff going on. I think like I have bad memories of Phoenix Torres, from Torres when I lived beer, there. Beer I'm not here. trying to be that, but this was the same Super Bowl, Dan, where you and I I think had one of the greatest times with your dad and your brother at the Up For Anything Bud Light party. We were, oh, like, that was a we great were time. painting a unicorn with like different colored paints and all the beer was free. It was like, this was a great Super Bowl city. There were like, we were, Wes and I would like have beers with Greg Gosell in the hotel 
lobby each night. Like I just remember when mm. I really think about it, Phoenix was a better experience than I recall. And it's just like, if you're going to go in and if you get sent to work <laughs> on, on a business vacation yes. to go watch the greatest sporting event, Shut maybe your ch- yeah, chill on your like, I'm going to tell everyone about Travis this Kelsey city. said, you know, paraphrasing Dwayne Johnson, uh, know your role and shut your mouth, <laughs> you jabroni. Yeah, you don't want to no, be called out by you know Travis Kelsey this Sunday. Hell, hell, Phoenix. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm not even saying go in the other direction either. <laughs> Just give it a chance. And know? it's had incredible luck, at least, with this stadium. It had the Giants uh, win in 07. The hell to catch. You know, 42. After the 07. And then it had the Patriots win over the Seahawks last time. Around. Which so I, Malcolm I, Butler. Maybe the greatest game I will of all say, because that good. came off of Deflategate and stuff. And I'll never forget, Greg and I were staying next to each other, but when they showed, and they were so dramatically done, Bill Belichick coming out of the tunnel from total darkness yeah. into the light of the stadium with the hood over, and he did that for effect. The place was going absolutely nuts, destroying him, booing him. But then even though, because the Seahawks fans had drowned out the Patriots, and the general fans were booing Belichick, then the figure of Tom Brady appeared. And it's like, we, even though Brady's at the heart of this, we can't really boo him the same way we do Belichick. And the crowd went in completely the other direction. And I've never really been in a stadium that felt as loud as those couple of moments before that game. Very cool. Actually, that is kind of... That was um, a great atmosphere. That, 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 um, that felt like a bit of a, a turning point where we, you're at the Super Bowl and it, it went from being... Because we've been now to 10 or whatever, more... Um, that crowd was great. It was yeah. a really loud, active crowd. And I feel like every Super Bowl feels like it's a great scene with the fans now where it doesn't feel like you're at a corporate event. Think of Eagles Chiefs. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and by the way, when we get to Super Bowl 88, just I'm trying to get ahead of this for <laughs> our league. Again, these suggestions, they seem to just go into the ether. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be LXXXV. I, I, I. 50 plus 10 plus 10 plus 10 plus 5 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1. I mean, you got to get a, you got to bite the bullet at some point. You, we can't get to 88. That's not how it works. And be in that spot. You put them in front when you're going in reverse. Yeah. But yeah, I like agree there, with there your There is a way where it's point. a count to count backwards to yeah. make it simpler. Which is even more confusing, actually. But this is so what would it be? Backwards. It would be LXXX. That's what I said. That is what it would be. Um, Graver, it wouldn't go backwards there. Sometimes it does, I think, and sometimes it doesn't. You know it would what? be if you're subtracting. If it's, if it's, if it's um, numbers, so. six and up yeah. towards the next whole number, you go backwards. <laughs> but right. Did they teach us in North Texas? Absolutely not. We didn't learn Roman numerals. We, we learned Texas numerals. They did in the coal town, all right? And I was correct on that. This one. is another one where like, Rome's like, we know we're not going to be around for long because our yeah, numerical system right. literally makes no difference or, or makes no sense if you get right. past a certain number. Let's take a break and do some news. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky, they're saying, Cal's a bust, he can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie, I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my all right, welcome back. Let's do some news. Sing it, Tommy. Every kiss begins with K. I mean, Jim Gray could do bits with Tommy on the podcast. Let's go. But when it's time to get the biggest scoop of his career, Gray wasn't able to get it. It was, it, you know, it's still hard to believe. That had to have created a. A fisher in their relationship. Oh, there's the Hollywood music. Hollywood where dreams are made but also crushed. It's a tough town. High risk, high reward. All right. Um, <laughs> hey, Mark Sessler, you did it, buddy. And so, too, did the producers of 84 Brady, which include Tom Brady you heard there on the let's go podcast because brady the film starring all those grand dames of the silver screen mm. tomlin moreno fonda field field so big thank you forrest comes mom for cripe's sake uh the mom from mrs doubtfire she was also that Field had a nice career. Still does, obviously, because 80 for Brady made $12.5 million at the box office, which exceeded estimates, not by a ton, um, but exceeded our estimates. Uh, let's see. Let's go through it. Gravedigger, you you had it as a, 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 a Titanic, not the film Titanic, um, bomb at $4.6 million. Um, Greg, even less bullish. In retrospect, this is surprising to me. Three million, but you were going. I for was the trying to play the dollar lowest, thing. Yes. I thought it'd be lower than all you and I stupidly played it before Graver even went. So it yeah. didn't make any sense. <laughs> um, I I said nine, and I was like, that was like I'll be a little surprised if it gets there. Uh, but 
I knew Mark had 11.8, which I didn't think it had it in it. And they made 12.5 million. Besting the, uh, you know, that goofy movie, uh, Avatar. Well, Dopey act- movie with all the, the blue in people. In its eighth and- weekend. This week, yes. Yeah, this yes. week. Yeah. But still. It did. I mean, it was it knocked Avatar. That in another movie knocked Avatar to the number one spot after, you know, a couple months. Yeah, I mean, I... It's like- a victory. People to go back to listen to the other episode. I came out of that um, guessing game thinking like, "Why well, probably am getting housed here?" Because like I, tr- Greg, Greg has long played this Hollywood box office thing. We d- used to do this. We used to in, the, in our cubicles, <laughs> and I was like, "Greg seems super plugged into this," and he went with three million. I thought, right. "Well, I've overshot this, but we'll see what happens." But then you just you never know. Like when you have a star producer attached to this, and he timely in a timely fashion announces mm. his retirement. Um, in the days and hours oh, leading up to it, oh. and it just brought everyone's mind back to Tom Brady. Then this product, oh. this p- pictures tied to him, you know. You know. And you know what? Also, it was written by the people who did Book Smart, which was a great movie. Did this he started retire in- the week this movie came out? Yeah, yeah. He day- retired the days, day after the, the premiere, right? Day before, Rachel, the day before the premiere, right? Well, in the middle the of the premiere party. party. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. He could do whatever he wants. He's Tom Brady. But like sitting on the beach, getting choked up, uh, announcing his retirement five days before the movie that he has a financial stake in came out. Maybe it wasn't as organic as perhaps. I it think was a lot of people have, have questioned the timing. Mm. Not maybe questioned like how dare you? It's his Although, choice. Maybe but. still very much, um, you know, about the brand. The buzz is solid though. Like Rachel really liked it. Yes. If, if you hadn't yep. listened to Ra- uh, Rachel's pod, you should. But uh, she really liked it. That's you what I knew. I might have been in trouble. And yeah, yeah, there was. There's been good uh, feedback. The reviews are actually like way funnier than uh, than you would expect. Well, not, also, way though, funnier. I haven't seen a lot of places. I've seen say some it was say it's like funnier, like than than. Um, you know, it had any right to be like right. the, the not bit, just the, the trailer bits. bits, the bits. Yeah. Uh, but what I didn't really take into account with my thing was the unique strategy Paramount Pictures had. By the way, one of the top live action comedy debuts in a while. It's been a bad market. Uh, many, live action comedy has been hurting for about 15 years. Many now, films so. try to go through the higher ticket prices, yeah. do some 3D, do some surge uh-huh. pricing. They went the other way. They did discount pricing for oh. matinees for seniors, half the ticket buyers over the age of 55. That's it worked. very That's smart. smart. Very and smart. on Sunday, without even... Getting a, a pop from me, <laughs> my mom uh, texted me and said, Deb? guess where I'm going? 80 for Brady with a friend. I love it. And she said she heard our uh, little conversation on the podcast. And that's and we, great we marketing. Because when is your mom going to want to go? The 11 p.m. show? You know, she's going to go with a friend probably around 2 p.m. It was have about, some lunch. Yeah, it was have a glass of wine. It was like a 3 p.m. This is so. a win for the Hollywood fat cats who, yeah. who you would think our connection, our level of connection to – NFL and the culture would have led us to nail this, but other than Mark, nobody really saw this coming. It's it's a credit to you, Mark. I think you're pumping me up, and I'll I'll just yes. It could be a, it could be yes, the offseason of Mark coming. I got to admit, the whole um, helmet catch versus um, what's the Eagles play called? Now I forget the, the Philly special. Oh, that's, Philly that's special. That's a good sign. I gotta say. As time is going on and more things keep happening, Philly special. I'm starting to one. I'm at least in terms of my opinion, I might be moved to to believe that Mark should win these sandwiches. Like I'm just saying, it's it's been coming. This is a massive segment on this show right now. <laughs> yeah, it's and I I think what you need like the helmet catch just. I think it's the it's, word Philly special is actually just still so hard in the culture that I the helmet admit. catch hmm. just had its 15th anniversary. Yeah. 
I would like to see where the Philly special is in the in the national consciousness in fifteen after fifteen. Feels years. like it's yeah. only been growing. That's where it I have to give it to, to Mark. This is your um, you know, gradual decline part two, Dan. <laughs> I don't think so. I will. This is a hill that I will literally die on. Like I would climb the hill. I know you'll, but in but in the middle of the night, you'll wake up realizing it's not only that I am wrong on that; it's that everyone realizes I'm wrong. <laughs> if you understand pro football. You understand now because I'm an old head and we have a whole new like culture of people that don't even know what Super Bowl 42 was. They don't even know about Randy Moss. They don't know about 18 and 0. And yes, that hurts it right now because Philly special was much more recent. What's going to happen is it's going to become just a total Philly regional thing in about five years. And, And it was just a silly trick play at the end of the first half. Um, and it was a cute. Trick play. It was cute, but the helmet catch for people who actually know pro football understand that was one of the seismic moments in the history of the sport. I have one idea for how it could become literally yes. eternal, um, and I'll just say it quickly. Yes. Whether it's the Eagles that do this come Sunday, right? But even better if the Chiefs. Let's say it's overtime, and the Chiefs mine Ooh. down to the Eagles' four-yard line okay. with eight seconds to go. And you know, listen, we're gonna. Are we gonna go? field goal for field goal and they say forget that we're running we're going to literally call it the Philly special okay. and beat the Eagles with the Philly special years later that that's part of that's, the, that's a great point Mark <laughs> that's part of the issue with me is like anytime someone runs a play anywhere similar even if it's not the Philly special in terms of yeah that's uh, how they use it they're just like oh here comes another Philly special so it's 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 in the it's in the mix but um, here's the other thing you can't run the helmet catch play no right that was a once in a lifetime play that if you were a, f- a fan of football and you understand the history of the game, there was so much on the line and at stake when that play happened. To me, it is the most important play now, in the history di- of that there, game. It's, it's so there's clearly <laughs> different schools of thoughts, yes. but let's say it's like saying, Oh, because um, this guy invented a car that the, the invention of the car is diminished because other people invented better cars as time went on or their own variations of cars. Like cars don't matter because it's been, recreated and redone because they're so eternally essential. Sure. The Philly special is essential and needed by human beings. How about this? The helmet catch is a flying car. Like there's never been one before. There hasn't been one since. No, I don't. Really so you could just that. update the model of your car and, yeah. and say that makes the initial I don't model think better. I think that th- that's not where we're going that with was, the car argument. It's a flying car moonshot. The helmet catch. It's also yeah. like crashing <laughs> to the ground. To recap, for the significant portion of our audience who may have no idea what we're talking about, because this was a sandwich bet or prop from five years ago. Five. You said was it five now? Six. What 2017 season. Yes, yeah, six. It? Yeah, it, was so, it was still so recent. That factors in big time. Uh, that uh, wow. That a play in that game would end up overwhelming the helmet catch as like the most famous nicknamed play in the history of the Super Bowl. Or I something. mean, right. talk about getting if you if you don't want to accept it, Dan. I'm fine with that, but it's like uh, it's getting pretty close to what happened. This is why, and I'm willing to be the villain on this, but <laughs> this is the old horseshoes and hand grenades thing, like. You absolutely almost nailed it because it is unquestionably one of the more famous plays in Super Bowl history. Yeah. So for you to predict that before the game was excellent. But just because it was it is one of the most famous plays right. ever doesn't mean it gets to be the most famous just because it was so close to being. It's going to be hard to ever overcome the NFL network, NFL films releasing the top 10 plays in NFL history. 
And I think Philly Special was like four, and Helmet Catch was one. And you, well, you they can also never just had, catch up. They just had a you thing they released like days ago, calling it the biggest play in the Super Bowl. The so they're all over the map too with what they're doing. Yeah. But you, I'd like, like to see that. I don't like that either because there's so much game after that. The Patriots had the lead it's after. That. I think the bigger argument against it is that it happened to close the first sure. half. I hear that, but we've, I simply will not move off my point. We've you now have done the an eight, I have the hand. We've now done made. an hour on eighty for Brady and <laughs> uh, the sandwich. Let, we got to keep moving. A C. Let's get to it uh, quickly. Let's just roll through the news, okay? We got a, we got a big week coming up. Yeah. Going to the f-ing Super Bowl. Like, we got to watch it. Yeah, we got to watch it go. Um, all right. Devontae Adams. He was the Pro Bowl happened this weekend. That's the thing. It's a reimagined thing. Anyway, uh, Devontae Adams was there, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, the big name out there at quarterback. Uh, Adams built his incredible career in Green Bay with Rodgers before having a big year in his first year. With the Raiders, that was supposed to be a long-term marriage between Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. Derek Carr, obviously, on the way out uh, with the Raiders. Could Aaron Rodgers end up following Devontae Adams uh, to uh, the desert? And our own Cameron Wolf, our buddy, uh, NFL Network's own Cameron Wolf, talked to Devontae Adams about um, that very thing. Can't help to notice you had some fun on social media yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about Aaron Rodgers can move into your neighborhood. Have you started recruiting Aaron Rodgers to be the new Raiders uh, quarterback? Duh. <laughs> why, why, would, Duh. why would anybody not do that? I mean, 100%. That's my guy, obviously, and wishful thinking, but we'll see what happens. What's your best recruiting pitch? Uh, that I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, by the way, I've, <clears throat> much like the hill for you, Mark, is getting the – um, Philly special to be the biggest Super Bowl play ever. You know that I said two tw- 2023 is going to be a big year for duh winning uh, back in the in the. <laughs> I culture. thought that was last year. I think that's that. No, it was building towards this year. All right. Well, I I think you did. That, you catch that from yeah, Adams? Yeah, you could know. You could point to duh. that as winning. You could point to that. Like the way he hit duh was very sheen. You could point to that. That's as far as I'll go. <laughs> he also like retweeted. This guy who was verified, and wasn't like verified blue, but I'm not sure why he was verified. He's not a football reporter who is essentially saying like Aaron Rodgers to Green Bay is happening. I mean, to Las Vegas is happening. And then who said this? Washington Post? I'm trying to find uh, if it, 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 he's not a reporter, but he's verified. <laughs> he's not a football reporter. And uh, Adams retweeted it. And uh, then people went crazy with interesting. that. And I, I kind of wanted to throw this in just because. There was a pretty significant report from ESPN that we didn't talk about here, which just said that at this point, the Packers are essentially leaning towards moving on from Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, that's significant. I don't know if that means they are moving on, but the fact that someone okayed the lead reporter at ESPN, Adam Schefter, putting that out there is is noteworthy and makes me think, okay, this maybe really is happening. I, I I think it's very possible too. I could just sort of I if I'm if I'm Matt Lafleur, I don't want this to happen because I don't want to suddenly have to deal with the fact that potentially Jordan Love, who looked pretty good when he played here and there this season, isn't that guy. You're left in a total wilderness and abyss at quarterback. Um, you can get a lot for him, but you're in rebuild mode at that point. Uh, but it's it's feasible. I guess I just don't see. I have questions around Aaron Rodgers and specifically Josh McDaniels working together in a Josh McDaniels system. Just the idea of Josh McDaniels and Aaron Rodgers. I've heard little things here and there that like temperamentally, that's just not a match. And and, and it does matter. Aaron Rodgers having at this point, go learn, learn an entirely new offense 
versus, say, like Nathaniel Hackett in New York, where it's like, at least you know the playbook going in. There are some reasons to go do it. The owner really wants it. You don't love the owner's industry if you're Aaron Rodgers, but you can get over that. But like Nathaniel Hackett offers you your playbook. And it, is it easy just to start completely over in Las Vegas with Josh McDaniels, who is about as stubborn as they come when it comes to the offense he runs? Do anybody have any takes on the Pro Bowl? Uh, the NFC beat the AFC 35-33. There were a skills competition, three flag football games. Tyler Huntley doubled the amount of touchdown passes he threw in the regular season with four scores in one of the games, I guess. Or the yeah, flag they football had a couple. Game. So uh, I see this game and these events through my children. They were super into it. They were into the skills competition, which still had like on Thursday night. They did so they basically broke it into two parts. They did a couple skills stuff like target practice and like water, literally water balloon throwing and like longest drive and stuff on Thursday night and like still a couple million people watch that. And then they did the flag football games and some kick, you know, kicker tic-tac-toe stuff. I don't know. My kids were super into it. The players seemed to like it and I suspect people still watched it. So they're, they're never going back. It didn't, the, the flag football Good. did not seem like overly competitive. And I was a little surprised they have a full stadium there of people watching. I don't know how much they're, they're paying to go into that stadium, but, uh, the kids could not have been more into the whole thing. I think it's an event for How kids, much do you think the, okay. the NFC players made for winning the game each? Do you know the answer? I do. 60,000? No, 35,000? I'd say 75,000. Mark, you're locked in right now. 84 grand, wow. which probably covers their uh, room service. NFL, baby! NFL players are doing nothing for $35,000. No, that, they're not. Um, let's see. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals still have not hired a head coach, but according to Burt Breer of SI, the team has narrowed the field to three finalists. They would be Steelers senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach and former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores, uh, Captain Lou Anarumo, the Bengals DC, and uh, Giants Offensive coordinator Mike Kafka are the remaining candidates in the old uh, Mark, the seesaw of how you handle head coach hirings. You usually do the laid back offensive innovator. And then when that doesn't work, you go with the hard nosed defensive guy. This all feels like it should be Brian Flores' job. We will see if it is. I think Anarumo is a real chance. Uh, Kafka, I mean, I just feel like I know less about what Mike Kafka's done just through him versus being like Brian Dable's guy this year. But like I and Reed's guy last year. That's a nice two yeah, guys I mean, to learn from. I, I guess it's like, do is this an organization that says everything's based around Kyler Murray and growing him? Uh, no, not if you hire a defensive guy. Because I think the thing that worries me about that a little bit is like they're a bounce back team candidate just by being maybe less drama magnity next season. And if the mm. offense thrives and Kyler Murray thrives, then that coach, that offensive coordinator goes somewhere else as a head coach and you're starting over with Kyler Murray again. They're not in a hurry. Anarumo is interviewing Friday. So that makes me think they might be waiting for an assistant from one of the teams. I'm not the only one that speculated that, that they might be waiting because they can't talk to the Eagles and Chiefs guys. But I like I mm. like the three they picked. I, we got some breaking news connected to the Cardinals. Do it. Do it. A.J. Green is retiring, uh, finished up his uh, career with the Cardinals. I would have liked to seen him tack on a few more memorable moments there because I think he has a legitimate Hall of Fame case. People don't think of him that way. But if you look at the All-Pros, you look at the numbers, he certainly is 
better than some Hall of Fame, than wide receivers in the Hall of Fame. That's for another time. He was a really great receiver uh, for a long time and uh, made Andy Dalton, I think, a lot of money. Yeah, Green was definitely on a Hall of Fame trajectory, and then he just totally kind of fell off a, a cliff. Really, after he suffered the ankle injury yeah. and missed the 2019 season, he was banged up the year before in 2018. And after that, um, he had one year more year in Cincinnati where he appeared disinterested uh, at times, two years in Arizona that were utterly forgettable. So, yeah, I, I think he'll fall short of the Hall of Fame for that reason. But when he was in his heyday, in his 20s, he was absolutely like a top five guy, I thought, at that position. Thinking these wide receivers, their compiled stats, you've got to hit them like with an inflation-type scale the way you do with movie tickets because like – him getting the same amount of yardage as someone way back when in 1991 is right. not the same thing. But he's then had look, four seasons where he's done very little. But then you like look at the players that got in. And it's like, okay, Isaac Bruce got in. I mean, at no point in Isaac Bruce's career was he as good as A.J. Green was when A.J. Green was at his best. At no point in Heinz Ward's career, as much as I like Heinz Ward, was he that good. So it's like, okay, I don't know, seven straight Pro Bowls essentially to start his career and then nothing else. It's like a, a nice peak. Mm -hmm. Let's pause right here, take a break. We'll be right back. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my day. day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. 
The Cowboys have filled their offensive coordinator post after Kellen Moore was let go and uh, quickly moved on to the Chargers. It is Brian Schottenheimer, the well-traveled Brian Schottenheimer, um, who is promoted uh, to offensive coordinator. Um, He was signed to the team last March as an offensive consultant, uh, and now he gets an in-house promotion he will not be calling plays as we understand it the idea is that it'll be mike mccarthy i'll just say this we're nobody's underdog calling plays uh but shoddy is once again in an oc chair man i mean they're just setting themselves up to be a punchline a little bit i mean it's not it's not his fault i forget who sends it out every time is it is it ben solak um like of schottenheimer's resume and like every spot he's been at essentially like did poorly not what you want um and then did better like the second he left including jacksonville you know he was running that offense under urban meyer it just tells me mike mccarthy you're the play caller kellen moore there was there were reports they were sparring at the end a little bit and kellen moore was calling plays you just gotten someone that i think will you know not bristle at the idea that they have less power zaddy's in charge absolutely zaddy's Zaddy in charge. Is either gonna make it happen or he's gonna do it he's gonna go down doing it his way yeah right? and, which, and is, which is the way to do it i think if you want to look at it pessimistically if the cowboys are three and seven in uh november and mike mccarthy gets canned uh you have dan quinn as your new interim coach and brian schottenheimer calling plays for you so they you know does that get you excited i don't know does anything get you excited about the Cowboys? I think that we're at that point of the year after another sad January exit where you're just kind of like a little bit like, oh, my God. Dallas. Another receiver would. That would get me excited. Maybe Amari Cooper. The Panthers uh, hired their DC, Giro Evero, the coach. Um, uh, he was in Denver, and he had head, co- head coaching interviews, and he lands on his feet uh, with the Panthers. Uh, feels like a good hire, Greg. Yeah. I, I like it for the Panthers, especially when they like whenever a team gets the guy that everyone wanted. It's mm. like I, I don't know if they paid him more. Maybe it, maybe that's David Tepper's money. Ajiro. Maybe he just likes the idea of uh, working with Frank Reich because he had a lot of head coaching interviews. I would say he was probably the top defensive coordinator candidate for a number of teams. Minnesota really wanted him. Denver really pushed to not let him out of his contract, and I think he stood his ground. And said he, he just didn't want to be there. And uh, Frank Reich, that's that's I like that combo, Frank Reich and Evan. I mean, it could be a head coach year from now nice. too, so it could be a one year thing. But they've got there's a bunch of players on Carolina's defense. Yeah, it's like, a this good looking good defense. For him. It's a good looking defense. If they get a quarterback that people can get excited about, whether it's through the draft or get a nice veteran, um, they will be talked about as a bounce back team that could flat out win that division right. because right. look what's happened to the Bucks. it's like whoever They're, gets Derek Carr in that division I just feel like that's probably the division he goes to will probably be the right. favorite that coaching <laughs> so staff um, with all due respect to Steve Wilkes who did a nice job when he was there but I think you, you get excited about this new staff get a better quarterback in there you have the defensive pieces um, uh, they have playmakers on offense yes they could absolutely take that division um, hey remember we had Bridget on the show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, you know, Bridget, she is a, a polarizing figure in this room anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, very popular I with think the audience. Internationally, she's polarizing too. Well, I just want to point something out that um, sometimes it's it comes back on me. It's like, why does Bridget only agree with her her makers' uh, predictions about the league, uh, the, the maker being me? 
Um, but then something happens, what happened late last week. Uh, the one prediction uh, the old Zeuser threw out there was that Tony Romo, uh, who's in a slump, uh, if you want to call that, as a color man for CBS, despite that huge contract he signed, his struggles are going to lead to CBS sitting him down. And I believe I called it a come to Jesus conversation about what he needs to do to get better. And sure enough, our great friend Andrew Marchand of the New York Post headlines CBS execs tried intervention to address Tony Romo's slippage in Booth, and they will attempt to do so again this offseason. Right, so the intervention was even before this season. It was before it, and they're going to do it again this offseason. So this was a thing. Uh Uh-oh, we plugged her in? I think we decided this was dangerous. Uh, But, Bridget, thank you. That's a Dan Hanses shout-out. Oh, thank you, Bridget. Um, uh, Romo, indeed, uh, according to Marchand, who is as plugged in as anybody in sports media, uh, is facing some pushback internally with CBS that want him to kind of get back to what made him a sensation uh, beginning in 2017 and led to the 10-year, $180 million deal he signed a couple years later. I... Learn more about this Romo thing through this Marshawn article where he linked to other stories that I didn't even know happened, including uh, Dick Ebersol speaking on, a, on an HBO show how Romo is just lazy. Straight up said that Romo lost his passion. It's obvious. And I do kind of get that feel that it's almost like he gets so excited in the games almost to make up for the fact that he's not doing like a lot of the homework and you can kind of see maybe he's not as passionate. So some of the squealing and things during the game and just the hero worship of certain quarterbacks. It's almost overcompensating. And it's also Mm -hmm. just like you can hit a button and do that. You don't need to practice to do that. So uh, good job by Dan. Oh, thank you. Um, I guess good job Great by... Great call on that one, Master. You <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> thank you. Uh, good good job, I guess, by Ebersol. I call it him out. Although then I Wait, kind is of... Ebersol, uh, he's is no he in a legacy role, no, basically? That's from months ago. We talked about this. I didn't yeah. even remember that. Although when. this is the same guy that hired Tony Dungy and has kept him on for a decade. So By the way, Dick, and, Dick, Dick is Andrew, 75. And, and Drew Brees. Yeah. So. Ebersol is 75 and has lived... Uh, 10 lives within the media sphere of uh, professional sports and beyond. Uh, he's definitely in DGAF mode about like what sure. opinions he shares at this yeah, point. I, like, but it's, it's similar to what we were saying. So yeah. I don't, I like, I think we I can will all... return to my primary objective, <laughs> planning the revolution. Good luck to you. <laughs> See, that's a problem. I, I don't, this, for... this is absurd to me. Why? This is absurd because I think I mean I I'm probably one of the lesser Romo job, supporters around. I know you you love him because of his enthusiasm, and I like and that marries with your reaction to football. I think in sort of the way that you respond to football. But for me, the idea first you don't have an intervention with someone unless they're valuable. They're not sitting around huddling two off seasons in a row with their ninth booths uh, color analyst guy. He's just going to go do what he does. Like Romo is still better than 95% of the people doing this. Um, I can't... Whoa. What? I can't comment on whether he's... 95%. Well, I mean, we're... How, or, of a color analyst? Yeah. I wouldn't well, he put, has I a guaranteed put, contract, so they ha- they are invested in him and want him to do his best. I mean, they also take these guys, and I think he's a victim of his early success. They take these guys, and they have zero practice, and they throw them in, and I just want to make sure that some producer... Because, I like, if you really believe in what you're doing, the last people you should take notes from are executives and producers on how to be yourself on air, I think, for the most part. And I, I wonder if someone got to Romo and said, like, 
chill on the predictions if they're not getting them all right or this or that. But I mean, Romo like is outside of Greg Olson. I think he's a Greg Olson thing too. If you took Greg Olson away, people would be higher on Romo. Mm. Like the idea that they're meeting with him, that he's lazy and all this stuff. I don't know. Well, even this the stories themselves are enough that he knows they're all out there. So next season's like a big. You know, he knows. He knows now. Can I just, I'm going to write out, because you said 95%. I'm, I'm looking at, I got Olsen ahead of Romo now. And this isn't That's how fair. I felt a couple of year ago, years ago. Collinsworth I have ahead of him. Aikman I have ahead of him. Charles Davis I have ahead of him. I have Mark Sanchez now ahead of him. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a couple others that well, guys that you could tell. I don't, are like, have, I don't have all those people ahead of him. Mm-hmm. But like, I I think I, Olsen, yeah, I would. If all first first of all the Olsen lost two years from now lost his role to Tom Brady like they're making a major mistake. Yeah, like, pivot. You, you have something there. No, perfect go, pivot. Pivot. Tom Brady was on the Colin Cowherd show today, in fact, and he revealed that the plan uh, now that he has that he's retired from football, he's got a hit movie, but he also <laughs> has this massive uh, contract that he signed with Fox to be uh, in their booth. He said he, he expects to begin. Uh, his Fox broadcasting career in the fall of 2024. So not this season. Next season, uh, he, he'll, he's calling it a gap year. Um, and uh, this is what he had to say. I want to be great at what I do. I was talking even last week with the people at Fox Sports and the leadership there allowing me to start my opportunity in the fall of 2024 is something that's great for me. Um, now, I know there's some speculation in this room that He'll never take this job. I totally disagree. And hearing this quote from Brady makes me think even more. He's serious about it. He's looking for a new challenge. He wants to be great at it. And I buy it that he's going to put in that work, that legendary work ethic. I don't know if he'll be good when 2024 rolls around, but I buy that he doesn't want to dive right in it and also supplant Greg Olson without any experience at all. I I disagree because... I, look, I said a few weeks ago, he's never taking that job. The next actual piece of information about this job is he's not taking it for another year. That's not – no. <laughs> that's your way of processing it. If that. he wanted the job, he could do the it. job right now. He could do it. But he wants to have time off and see how this is all going to go, and this is just BS that you say in the meantime, and maybe he'll do the job. Maybe he'll do the studio job. Maybe he'll think that's really easy, which it is easier than I think being the game analyst. And that's a way to. And, and, Do you think and they would pay him in? ten years and three hundred and seventy-five million dollars to be a studio analyst? No, but I think I, that, that can, I think that can all change. Well, they've also got the greet and the meet and greets. Uh, well, you got with those. The, the like I agree, world executives, the, the Murdochs. I, I think it's, it has to be considered TBD on whether he'll not he'll ultimately do this. I Why? Believe, because I so I believe that, I believe that he wants to be prepared and not just four or five months from now be doing stuff like this necessarily. But I also think everything else I know about Tom Brady. He never. He always ran towards every challenge, whether it's what you're down 28 to three, whether it's I'm going to come back or not and play. It's like and bang, this is this thing. When I hear I'm going to wait a year to do it, I'm not convinced it's because he's going to spend the whole year trying to become the best at it necessarily at all. I think you just dive into it. I think I also think yeah, but, just he knows enough to <laughs> you know. You guys are funny with this. I don't understand. What am I here's missing why, here? here? Here's why. Because I think he's smart enough to know. He doesn't know how he's going to feel in July or August. He mm-hmm. really doesn't know how he's going to feel in the spring or fall of 2024. He knows this is all totally different. And so this is a way for him to buy some time and see how he f- actually feels and if he wants to do this. Because right now he's not ready to do it. Counterpoint, he was so excited about the idea of doing this that he signed 
the deal years ago they, at this point. They, last came year. At, they came at him in part because like Aikman's leaving and they wanted to have this big splash and he said he was retired. You know, it was a whole thing. Nothing wrong with jumping at the deal, but like he's... Do you want to do a sandwich prop on this one? That This feels like sure. a... Absolutely, he is calling. I don't know whether he'll be the number one or two team. They might even go as okay. far as installing him at, at the two, probably not the three spot, but the number two spot in 2024. But he's absolutely calling games for Fox in 2024. Okay. This is a long-term one, obviously. It's a good one. I'll take you up on that. How about you, Gravedigger? I'll take sandwiches anywhere I can get them on this one. No, I agree with you. So okay. I will not take you. I'm sorry. That's good. Well, no, you agreed with me, though, so that's good. Yeah. They could shove. They could try to shove him into uh, Olsen three man booth too. I don't love that. Um, no, they couldn't do that. That would be unfair to well, Olsen. It's, we- it's also so weird. Good. It's also weird to pay him this money and have him the number two team. That's a weird. I don't look. know if that's the. I don't know if that's the ultimate plan. I think if you pay him that money, you want him to be really good and be their number one guy. But they have this like good problem now that Greg Olson has really risen up and become. You know, we got to get Marshawn on the podcast. Let's do that. Let's stick a. Let's stick a pin in this. And talk about this post-Super Bowl. We'll get him in maybe in March or later in the month. Um, finally, uh, not finally, we got a few more things. Um, Joe Mixon uh, was in the news uh, with some issues involving the law. Uh, the misdemeanor aggravated menacing charge filed against Bengals running back Joe Mixon was officially dismissed on Friday, but the charge could be refiled. A court document filed Friday stated that the charge against Mixon was dismissed. At the request of the city prosecutor's office, uh, the dismissal came one day after a complaint was filed that alleged Mixon knowingly pointed a firearm at a woman and said, well, you don't need even to know what he said, but it's not a very good look for Joe Mixon. Uh, We'll see uh, if this goes forward. But, Greg, I know you um, have thoughts about where Mixon is as a player at this stage and uh, where the Bengals see him in their future or not in the future. Yeah, I... I think he was a, a strong candidate to be released before this happened uh, because of his salary, because they need to get the Joe Burrow contract done. We, there's been rumors. Are they going to trade T Higgins? That seems stupid, but either way uh, it doesn't seem when you're playing half the snaps of Samaj P Ryan in the biggest game of the year, that's a pretty big sign uh, that Joe Mixon was not the Mixon of old. And I, I see his agent and some other supporters in the media say, well, this was quickly dismissed. So no harm, no foul, but it's like, the level of whether someone goes to jail or not or ha- faces official charges is not the same level of consideration your employers might take into account when wanting to like keep you employed at $10 million a year. And so I, I think this probably spells the end of his time in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, like it, it kind of gets forgotten now, but the Bengals, when they took him, when they drafted him, there's a lot of controversy around that. They went out and took a chance on him. And it's like, I think it came probably with the concept of like, Never again are you going to be doing stuff downtown or anywhere else. And, like, we don't know exactly what happened here. But um, you factor in all the other stuff, it could be – check you later. They have, they have a lot of crazy uh, decisions to make. I think Lyle Collins might be a cut. They're, they have a lot of free agents. They could lose stuff. both they're, their they're, coordinators. They're, they're one of the teams to watch this week, So this the offseason. The T. Higgins thing, I, I'm, I'm piecing this together because Jamar Chase is going to get a second contract that's huge. Right. And Higgins has the value in, uh, both on the team and outside the team of being – potentially a number one in his own right. You do the old, and the Titans will tell you it's it's dangerous business. You trade your stud, go maybe draft a guy and get him under team control more friendly. 
That's dangerous. I would keep those guys together as long as I humanly Right. The thing could. is, Higgins is not a free agent. He's under right. contract at a very like reasonable rate. Get ahead of it, I guess. Like, yeah. yeah, I would be like, let's keep it together while while we can. Uh, let's yes, uh, that's what I feel about our show as well. Uh, real quick, <laughs> uh, early Super Bowl injury report: uh, Mecole Hardman uh, has that pelvis issue with a wide receiver. The Chiefs are banged up a wide receiver ahead of this game. Keep an eye on that. Anyway, he was moved to IR. Uh, this morning, so he is done in terms of this game. You won't see him. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's got a knee. Kadarius Tony, he has an ankle. Uh, two more wide receivers uh, for the Chiefs. Those guys are uh, questionable for the game. Legereus Sneed, uh, their cover man, very good, very important guy for them, has a concussion, uh, and we'll see if he's going to be available for the game. Also questionable. Mark, that was kind of an underrated, and um, Baldy talked about that when we had him on last week. And the Chiefs deserve a ton of credit. They were all sorts of banged up in their secondary and handled T. Higgins and handled Jamar Chase and didn't let that game uh, spin out of control. So it, 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 it trends positively that they can handle the Eagles, but still they, they want Snead back. Yeah, I mean, that sort of like showed who they were and how resilient they were. And they came up with different guys and guys like Isaiah Pacheco played a huge role in that game. And I think will in the Super Bowl. But it, it is one dynamic of this two-week break where you kind of forget about this first week, the injury reports and the fact that like Juju Smith-Schuster still has swelling in his knee. And going in against this Eagles defense, it's a different situation. I, I don't love the idea of them having to craft and create with um, two or three key guys, potentially not themselves. I think they'll play, but not themselves. Right, and we, we just don't know. They didn't practice at all last week. There was Chiefs practices. Uh, Willie Gay sounds like he will be back. And I think Tony... Feels like it, it, they're more optimistic about him, but mm. it's the Eagles who have no injury worries at all. Like literally, their entire team is available for this game. That makes such a big difference. Like it's not a coincidence. These two teams were both relatively healthy. Eagles, very you know, quite healthy during the season. They also had two of the easiest schedules in the entire league. Like, and that's no slight to them, but like these things matter. Um, and, and Tony, at the time of his trade from the Giants. Uh, we and others made a big thing. What a great trade this is for Kansas City. Uh, huge upside. The Giants are going to really regret this potentially. But right now, the Chiefs are feeling a lot of like the Giants. Like, this guy is really good. He, he can be a difference maker, but he can't stay on the field. So, hopefully, we see the best version of Tony. Makes for a better game. Hey, Greggy, uh, Geno Smith, your boy, is a comeback player of the year finalist. I will find out about that on Thursday. The NFL Honors Awards, hosted by Kelly Clarkson. Nice. Best Kelly Clarkson song, Mark. The one where don't let me dance or please let me dance. What? <laughs> I don't know. The correct answer is since you've been gone. Oh, since you've been since gone. You've yeah, been I know that's uh, Let's see. Because of you would be, you know, another, another great one. <laughs> that's a good. She's got some bangers, but yeah, is she performing? Not, not my fit. No, I don't think so. Yeah, she's a, she'll probably do some songs. Um, do a couple songs. Have you got Clarks in there? Let's, little, let's have her sing a little, a little bit. Bits where she sings. You know what I mean? Like some comedy, comedy songs. Singing comedy bits. All right. Well, you'll be there in your talks, uh, Greg. So, um, anyway, you want to hear from Gino? He was at the Pro Bowl, of course, because he was a Pro Bowl quarterback this year. Uh, oh, he lit up that flag football game. That was the only one I got a chance to watch mm-hmm. before I headed out to uh, the NASCAR Pinch clash me. at the Coliseum yeah. yes. with my son. I never expected <laughs> that my eight-year-old son would be dragging me to NASCAR events good. where Cypress Hill and Wiz Khalifa both uh, are there as musical entertainment. It was fun, though. Uh, let's hear Gino. Hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Did uh, Cypress Hill uh, do um, Illusions? 
No, they just did insane in the membrane. insane in the membrane. And what's their other big song? Did they do since you've been gone? <laughs> I would pay to watch Be Real do that. All right, let's uh, let's hear for Cam Wolf again. By the way, getting the interview. Cam, we love Cam. He's Wolf. been on absolutely on fire He's all all right winter. now. All right, let's hear uh, Gino. You know, all signs are positive, and so we just got to continue to work at it, and you know, find you know, figure out what we can do to make sure it happens. So, if you could put a one to ten grade on it, what would you That's say you your do. confidence is yeah, that you'll be back in Seattle running the back? Uh, I'm very confident. I'm not going to put a number on it, but I'm very <laughs> confident, and you know, I think things will work out. Uh, number, you know, tenets of journalism: don't ask yes or no questions. Yeah. And when you could really put him on the spot there, give me the one to ten number. Now, Gino, he's been around the block. He was in the New York media. He, he wasn't going to give you that number because that would have been the headline across the blog. Yeah, but he still gave you very confident. That's he, a headline. He said very yeah. confident that he will be in Seattle. That does seem like where, where it's going, Greggy. Yeah, this is one where I think you can trust from the player and the team perspective that they're being forthright. It really feels like that's one spot that we know on some. I don't know what the numbers are going to be, but I think Geno Smith will be there. Now, whether they add a rookie or not, I tend to think they wouldn't that high in the draft. But I think this is that's like one place I feel like we kind of know what's going to happen at quarterback. Very little else we know what's going to happen. I think we should have a come down player of the year because this is a great story for Geno. And if he goes and does it again in a second year, it's like we just simply believe that is who Geno Smith is. But he's a candidate to suddenly be like, uh oh, wait a minute. Why that would was, you have a negative I, award like I that? I know we wouldn't because it's the NFL, but it's just like it would be like, let's note the fact that it's things not even don't. Just the NFL, like in general, that'd be a yeah, really it's weird like the award. Things for don't the NFL. always trend upwards for everyone all the time. That's there true. are other, there is ebb and flow. Absolutely. It'd be like, you know, Sam Darnold in his third season gets the come down player of the year award. I'm trying to think of yeah. who even. Uh, would, Baker Mayfield. Sure. Yeah, I guess quarterbacks. Uh, all and right. that was another edition of. Oh, yeah. Sure. Sipping on vino, checking on Gino. Boots on the ground. I heard some good, um. Just word that Gino, an affable fellow there in Vegas, just people that ran into him. Just it's good a nice, to be Gino nice right now. Nice guy. Mm-hmm. It's good to be Gino. Just you know, you know, if you some great accuracy in that flag football say, game. If you if you agree to do a go to a, a a charity event or you know a kids football camp with a teammate, do it. Wow. And if 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 you don't do it, you got to pay him back for the airfare. That's all. 20, but that was a long time ago. 24 years old. Yeah, he was a kid. I think he can grow from it, but you're right. That's Two sides a, to a coin. Still that's the, all. Still I hope that. I thought. I hope he's matured past that right, but side it, of his person. But also, if, yes. if someone doesn't do that, don't don't assault them. You right. Know, it, you know, don't oh. assault them. Don't be an don't. idiot. Right. That's 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 a bigger thing. That's very important to point that out as well. <laughs> do not break someone's jaw over a plane ticket. Um... Saints hired Joe Woods as their DC. Cool. And uh, Jerry Jones <laughs> says Saints are a mess. They are back to the drawing board at kicker with Brett Maher, uh, a free agent. Thanks I, for the hot tip on that one. I just want to say, like that that whole thing struck me as so odd. How Dallas played the Maher after the meltdown on Monday night against the Bucks in the wild card round. There is no way he should have ever been on that roster for a divisional round playoff game. And the fact that you carried him and used him in that game, and by the way, he didn't miss another extra point to start that game. It was blocked, but it would have been 30 yards to the left. It was blocked because it was a horrendous kick. Um, So you stuck with him for the biggest game that your franchise has had in quite some time, and then you're going to just cut him loose 
as a free agent, like what's what was the point of keeping him for that game then? Like they should have just brought someone off the street that didn't have their head in a blender at that point. The Cowboys, man, what is going on with these guys? We love our quarterback. <laughs> Uh, for that reason, so Jerry Jones can probably produce a quote on a week where, you know, 25 plus years ago, we'd be talking about the Cowboys this week. But n- unless Jerry Jones opens his mouth, there's nothing to say about Dallas, a team that's adrift. Oh, uh, I mean, they did, they did make back-to-back divisional rounds. It's just something. Yawn. It's something. Whoa. Not in the way they talk about themselves. That's a yawn. Ouchers. All right, that's it. Uh, again. Uh, NFL Plus. We are on NFL Plus, and it won't be the first time. That's the other thing we got to make clear. Greg, you mentioned it. It's not a one-and-done thing. We're doing Q&As on NFL Plus. Um, how can people access it again, Justin? Plus.NFL.com. Your game on the go. Sign up now. Learn more at plus.NFL.com. Uh, we're on it. Q&A ahead of the Super Bowl. Check that out and uh, stick around. And, uh, yeah, it's time for us to catch a bird, boys. I like how you brought that all back together. Thanks to the listeners, too, that reach out during uh, this last weekend and stuff yes. with their West thoughts. We, we, we love that. I think um, we, we've we said it before, but we, we figured out what, what the hell we're doing doing this show at all with, without West. Like, to me, this show is sort of about that. Like, how did we figure out how to we lose our friend and how, how do we do it and that the listeners uh, being part of it the whole time is is how we did it i think yes well said greggy i mean you could have made a case that we should have taken a year off after that and just figured out what was going on but we kept going and the listeners i've just said every time we do a live show um and i've said it on the show on the podcast like thank you for sticking around yeah i think it's fair to acknowledge the show will literally never have any chance to be the same as it was but it's okay it can be something that it is now well said all right. Is it? I don't well said. I don't know. I mean, you guys are just nailing all. Everything you say is just perfect to me. Uh, yes, Super Bowl week. Catching a bird. See you in Phoenix. <laughs> Love you, Chris. Heed the call. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. 
these mattresses beat the heat with ultra cool covers whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now iheart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iheart that's l-e-e-s-a.com slash iheart exclusions apply see lisa.com for more details Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.